welcome to an episode of the Nintendo Tam Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Join me today is Wario Will. Uh, I know we'll still see him around the convention and all that, but the thing that this will be the last time we hear it uh, is... <laughs> okay, well, I'll live. I'll live. Let but... it all out, Will. Let it all out. Dang it, it's a hazard. Will's in mourning, so allow me to move on to Skulk at Scott. I'm alive. Oh, unlike Will. Uh... <laughs> all right, Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that when I wake up. <laughs> well, we do have an interesting show for you today, including honoring uh, Charles Martinet. Don't, he's not dead. Just, just to be clear, he's not dead. He's not dead yet. He's Don't just worry, he's not promoted. dead. Yet. No. Yeah, he's, he's, he's only half dead. Uh, <laughs> Princess Pride reference. You're welcome. Uh, only mostly dead. No, only <laughs> not all the way. No. Uh, but yeah, we have we have an interesting show for you today. So let's go start with what have you been playing? I'll go first because I have been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake still. Mm-mm. I have beaten the main campaign. Hooray! And my first my first thought reaching the end was in a word, huh? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay, look, don't get me wrong. I have not beaten. I did not beat the original Final Fantasy VII. Okay, I still have it on Steam. Maybe I'll play it again. See it. We'll see the differences. Who knows? But I did. I do remember getting out of Midgar. I I do. Mm-hmm. And so getting to the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I knew was going to be different because of like the very honestly very light spoilers I had heard about the ending. I was like, okay, they're going to do this. Probably have like a boss battle with Sephiroth somehow, and then they're going to just go and leave Midgar to start the next phase of the journey. No. <laughs> no, that's only somewhat what happened because there was the wraiths, which are still not very well explained, and there's like dimension hopping with Sephiroth, which is like weird. Oh, and Cloud gets stuck at the beginning of creation, and he has seven <laughs> seconds left, and he has to see what he does with it, which makes no gosh dang sense. And why was why were the wraiths all over the the Shinra building? I don't know. How is Biggs alive? I don't know. Is Wedge dead? I don't care. Where's Jesse? I do care. Uh, <laughs> it was just so messy. Like, honestly, <laughs> it... like everything up to that point, even with the wraiths, was more or less straightforward. I mean, I even understood some of what the wraiths were doing at times, like when they injured Jesse so that Cloud could go on the mission. That made sense. You know, okay, they're just course correcting. I get it, whatever. But at the end, like, A, Sephiroth can, like, affect the wraiths or kill the wraiths. And then the wraiths were just like, nah, screw it, just kill everybody, even though that's, like, very much against the timeline. And then there was the final battle of Sephiroth in the beginning of the creation. And then all of a sudden, all of them are out of Midgar, just, like, looking at it and, like, okay. And so I'm, like, thinking, there's something in the back of my head. I'm going, wait a minute. Something's not right here. Okay, there's a lot not right here. But, <laughs> like, there's something specific I'm, I'm missing. And then I'm like, oh, it's the trailer. So I watched the trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth that we got a few months ago. And that trailer opens up with a Shinra special report of how 
the whole party is like injured and being carted away on the highway or whatever. And yet that we see none of those injuries as they are outside of Midgar. So <laughs> when did that scene happen? Did that scene happen? I don't know. Wait, did you watch the post credit scene? There was a post credit scene? Yes, very important one. Uh <laughs> I don't think so. I skipped the credits, so if I skipped the credits, did I not get the cutscene? You might not have. Okay, I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking. But okay. like <laughs> I know that, okay, and then, and then at the end, like the very, very end, when the, when they do like the whole Zach Fair, Aerith, yep, you know, yep, yep. cross dimensional transfer or whatever, which was just as weird. Um, they go, the unknown journey continues, and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not that's not how it how it works because it's not an unknown. You even said you had to try and uh, like the race are there to keep the timeline pure. Uh, there we go. Post credit scene. Let me see what it is. And I'm like, I I I I don't get it. Okay. In the words of, in words of Teddy Roosevelt, I don't get it. <laughs> epic, epic rap battles are history reference. So it's definitely like yeah, like even for hardcore fans, it definitely is a lot to take in. And of course, again, Maximilian, dude, very again a big fan, and he brought us talked about other people on like Easy Allies and all that, and basically. Yeah, the, the the story race, as as you said, correcting the timeline. Then of course, naturally, we're going to rebirth. Like, are we gonna get that point of like, well, this uh, will with this uh, cloud will meet with Zach, who actually is alive. Which again, back in Crisis Core, he's canonically dead. And then like, there's just so much like, and of course, apparently, and if you checked out the trailer in Rebirth, apparently Tifa quote unquote died. Yeah, and like again, there's a lot of questions. We're going to like, oh, is it <laughs> as you said, is Sephiroth dimension hopping? Is it the same Sephiroth from uh, Ath and Children? There's a lot of things because again, as you know, Tetsuya Nora beforehand loves like anything in the media for F7 uh, universe media likes to connect it some way or another, and <laughs> it's just like it, it's it's definitely confusing, but at the same time, it's just like it leads the players how. Like let the players unravel how the next game is gonna be, and again, this thing is gonna be a trilogy. So how is it gonna be? And Maximilian says that Rebirth is basically the Empire Strikes Back entry of Final Fantasy VII trilogy. So yeah, that actually gives question. me negative vibes if you think about it, because the Empire Strikes Back was the it was a good movie, but it's bad for the characters in that movie. Yeah, get ready for the depression <laughs> arc. <laughs> yeah, look, look, for the record, I still love the game. I thought I had a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, I, 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 there was some control issues on PC just because of the like the button layout and blah blah blah. But it's just when I got to that ending, it's like I have no idea what I am experiencing here, <laughs> and like especially with the wraiths and like what was going on and like again like why were they surrounding the Shinra building like like you know a, a massive cloud of you know wraithiness I don't know, and I. Uh, I, I don't know. If, if anything else, I f like a lot of people basically uh, like have the theory that again, Sephiroth more or less can control the story race and can basically can bend reality in a sense because it's dumb. <laughs> again, it's that's just a theory. It's just a theory. There, there's a lot of theories, that I think a lot of them are probably not going to be how it goes. I think my favorite one is still the the various timeline approach, mm -hmm. where the rates with you killing the wraiths at the end of the first game is the thing that causes the second timeline to happen. 
right, right. I've because they're no exactly longer able to be in that timeline, which is the one where Zach comes in and everybody else is, well, you know, not alive. <laughs> but again, Biggs is a lot but apparently. All these but... things are still speculation. Yeah, at yeah, best. yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, and then the, the Zach Fair scene at the end where he's like saving Cloud, which is like a reference to Crisis Core, I guess. I've never played Crisis Core, but I know generally what happens. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, but he is like, wait a minute, Zach's alive? And he's like, no, he's not alive. That was just a flashback because we're seeing the timelines. I'm like, okay. And but then Aerith may have sensed him, may have not have. And look, if we're being honest here, if they're going to change the story, we all know why they're going to change the story, right? Like, there's one thing that fans have been complaining about for decades that happened. <laughs> Do I really have to spell it out here? Okay? But one of the first... It's a 30-year-old... Like, <laughs> okay, it's like fine. a 25-year-old spoiler. You're not missing anything. Okay, fine. They're doing this to save Aerith, okay? Yeah. The, uh, even though that is, like, one of the most meaningful deaths in the history of gaming, they are doing this without a doubt solely to save Aerith, if indeed they are changing the timeline. If right. yeah, also have to that, that entire, like, that whole scene is also extremely pivotal to the very end of the game, too. Exactly. So them trying to, like, undo that causes a whole other problem they're going to have to solve. Yeah, which right, is right, right, right. Again, it World is basically, <laughs> yeah, Herd's death, basically, basically t she told the plant to basically save it, and that's how it, how it ends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The so, life force. So, like, again, this is just one of those weird things where you know they're trying to they're using this opportunity to improve the game from what they had before. I understand it to a certain extent, but just like with other remakes or even certain remasters, you know, there's a difference between changing it and altering what it meant back in the day. Again, Aerith's death mattered. Yep. And yes, we don't know if Aerith will actually survive, but based on everything we're seeing so far with the questions about Zack Fair being alive and, you know, the time wraiths and Sephiroth now being able to control the story or something or other, you know, it's, I, I don't know. And I, obviously I have to, we have to wait for Rebirth and I have to wait longer for Rebirth because I'll have to wait for the PC version. For the PC version, <laughs> which hopefully they go to Steam immediately <laughs> instead of go did. another year. Right, right, right. They're doing a Final Fantasy 16, so why won't they do it with the remake uh, part? Yeah. Eventually, eventually. Eventually. And yeah, just like as well, like since you are also like uh, just a little bit heading into it, like doing the Yuffie DLC, like yeah, as well, it, also, it fills in some few things as well at the ending. But again, is they also bring a lot more, including with the series of Dirt of Cerberus, if you're on back on PS2. I remember so, that game. Yeah. And... Oh, it was a I game, it, but I remember it. It's it's, it's quite a game. the entry. <laughs> I, I know Vincent's a very popular character, despite he is a popular character. Oh yeah, everyone loves the Vincent. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, also while we've been talking this whole time, I have been watching the post-credit sequence, and I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Where's the twist? Oh, there's the twist. Okay. <laughs> I won't I won't say what it is, but uh, th yeah, that's infinitely confusing. <laughs> You you could say it's not fair what they're doing. <laughs> okay. So mm -hmm. look, I don't I don't I don't get it. But I, I will I will give them the chance to make it make sense. But you know that meme with uh Jane Lynch from Glee where she's like, I am going to create and then you just like fill in the blank right here. I, I, I swear Tatsuya Nomura's going, <laughs> I am going to create the most convoluted ending to make you <laughs> Kingdom Hearts seem straightforward. And <laughs> you can't tell me otherwise, because none of it makes sense. 
And I was literally, like, I was watching that cutscene. I really was. And I think the first line, the first comment of that uh, video was, this game is an absolute masterpiece. I go, is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> is it, though? I mean, especially in only the first ga- first entry of a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just have a problem with the time race in general because the whole thing is like, oh, we got to maintain the timeline. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure a lot of what's happened in this game did not happen in the first game, just in general, like certain side quests and interactions and blah, yep. blah, blah. And yet the time race didn't have a problem letting that happen. Because but... it's not a canon event. No! Oh! <laughs> so who's the, who's the Captain Stacy in this in this multiverse? Uh, Aerith? No. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, I would even go to the point as well. It's, it's like FF7 is kind of going in the same route as Xenoblade. Because like a lot, even like uh, Matt, 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 uh, Maximilian even says like, yeah, they go, they're kind of doing a, something similar in regards to Xenoblade as well, in a sense. Yeah. And, and it's just... Again, if it makes sense at the end, okay. But whether it's a movie, whether it's a book, whether it's a TV show or a video game, I have always had a problem <laughs> with something being so convoluted and then us being told, oh, it's going to make sense in the next book, movie, <laughs> whatever. That's not a good thing. That's not something you hang your hat on because there's a difference between a mystery and confusion. Okay, Or in the wrestling business, if you confuse them, you lose them. I'm confused, ladies and gentlemen, because mm-hmm. yes, well, also yeah, I get many people from Demora to Kamiya. I mean, all these authors who say, "Don't worry, you'll get it." I mean, heck, even Kojima, like I'm saying, like you, you understand it once we see the end. And like, really? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And then it's yeah. like, and like Sephiroth just okay. The reason Sephiroth is so intimidating is because he is everything a villain should be, right from the start. A, he's got a great look. B, he's got a weapon that'll scare the crap out of you. I mean, that sword is so... <laughs> it's true. Sword is so dead. It's, it is. Three, he's mysterious. And I loved how they played him in the beginning of Remake with him, like, being, you know, the memory in, in the memory of Cloud and all that. You know, he's like, is this real? Is this fake? Like, what's going on here? And then when he does show up, it's dang intimidating. And, he's, of course, he's got the music, you know, and all yes. that. And Again, then, for, for someone's a meteor. He's someone's a bloody meteor. He someone's, someone's a bloody meteor. And... And yet you hear they're just like, hey, let's make it even more powerful by having him being able to defy fate, to destroy the race, and do whatever the heck he wants. It's like, he doesn't need that. Like, he, legit, spoiler, he kills Barrett, straight up. And then the time race have to save him, which is bull for all sorts of reasons. (laughs) Because that means that any potential loss that we have is just going to either be undone by the race, or I guess now because the race have been defeated or something, now anything can happen, and yet we know not everything is going to happen. All right, I don't, I don't know. It's it's confusing. I mean, it's definitely like again leaves players up to interpretation, especially like we're going to the edge of creation with Sephiroth and Cloud at that at that moment. And again, Sephiroth says, "No, not yet." And yeah. again, the seven seconds because uh, what does it mean? I, um, yeah, because this is according to Maximilian, but basically, seven seconds is basically what happens during the time of Aerith's death. Seven, it was literally seven seconds, apparently. So <laughs> that's basically like that. That's all it takes is to, to, to have that pivotal moment of like, yeah, apparently of seven, of uh, Aerith's death. So it's, it's seven seconds to actually save Aerith, seven seconds to actually uh, story will continue again. Who knows? Again, that's se- that's the theme of seven, the seven seconds, fantasy seven, all that. I mean, it's it, make of it what you will. Make of it what you will. I'll make it what I will. It's confusing as heck. Dang it. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not as confusing as Kingdom Hearts lore, but you know. Well, if you think Tar. 
Kingdom Hearts has been around for a while. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But but even Nomura's like testing it. It's like how close to Kingdom Hearts convolutedness <laughs> do I need to get before you know that I reach that zenith here with with, with remake? I don't know. Um, it just makes it even more humorous when you look into like all the interviews of Nomura being the one who didn't want to have to do the Nomura stuff in it, <laughs> but his team wanted him to do that. <laughs> Say no, man. Say no. Just... <laughs> There would have been nothing wrong with just a straight-up remake of the original story with these expanded side quest elements. Like, there would have been nothing wrong with that. And no. yet they're doing this, and it's, again, it's confusing. Again, I enjoyed the game, but that I, this ending, it's, you know, it's messy. It really is. And it's just, and then I'm, like, asking questions like, wait a minute, how'd they, how'd they get out of Midgar? How in the world did Barrett leave without saying goodbye to Marlene? Which, yeah, he does say generally goodbye, but it's not the same. We all know it's not. Uh, <laughs> he, half his mission is to help or is to save Marlene and give this world to Marlene, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to leave Mitka. I was like, oh, I'll be back, Marlene. I'll be back. That's <laughs> actually pretty good at Barrett impersonation, I must say. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> he's still very annoying. But, yeah. Uh, you know who's not annoying, though? Red 13. <laughs> I, Red I, I, I asked about him last week, and then like an hour later in the gameplay, I finally got to Red 13. He was like, cool, instantly. <laughs> yep. Oh, I mean, again, played by the lovely Max Moman and all that. I mean, I was like... Is that the same uh, voice as Garrus? Hmm? Is that the same voice as Garrus? No, 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 not Garrus, not Garrus. Max Mo, like he's, he's the guy who you probably recognize him as Ryuji from Persona 5 and as well One Punch Man Saitama. Oh, that was Ryuji? Wow. For He's real. Range. For real. That is, that is good, that's good range. Oh, I do want to cite one very positive thing about like the ending section. I want to call this the funniest moment in the entire game. I know it's not cross-dressing cloud. Um, I still have so many questions about that scene, but I'm not going to dive into it. All right, so Barrett, Aerith, and Red 13 are trying to break out of the Shinra building. Cloud and Tifa are up on the roof saving one another. And yes, and they do mean actually saving one another. Yeah. Um, and they get surrounded by, uh, what was his name? The evil laughter dude. Uh, Hojo? Or... No, not Hojo. Not Hojo. Rufus? No, Rufus, was that his name? The big guy, likes to laugh a lot. The security dude. Um, Heinemann? Uh, oh. Uh, Heidern? Uh, I forgot his name. Whatever I his name I forgot his name. He doesn't matter. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, what kind of riff rap do we have here? And in order, they go Barrett, Avalanche, Aerith, Local Florist, Red 13, Lab Rat Dog. That's common. <laughs> That's common. Apparently, uh, like, I just want to clarify because we just discovered as well, apparently in one of the books, Red 13 is actually part cat. He's a cat? I, I, I'm, I, mean, I can't yeah. believe that. This was like literally like discovered, I think, like today on, tw on, X, on Twitter. It's like, yeah, apparently Red 13 is actually part cat. I believe it. He does have like a tiger ish feel to him. Yeah. I mean, the lab rat dog was a reference to what something Barrett said earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that was just <laughs> funny. It was like, avalanche, local florist, lab rat dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, that's good stuff. So, and then, uh, but yeah, I've been, I've been mainly been playing that. And so uh, I have, I've started the Yuffie stuff. Uh, it's taken me a while to get, get this new battle system, though. Not just because you, you play so differently, but I can't. I can only play as her. Then I got the combo system, which I'm not a fan. Yeah, of Yeah, the currently. sync system. Yeah, the sync system is yeah. definitely like again. Once you like basically toggle on, you can actually do uh again team up attack with C on. Uh, like uh, this is more or less very uh, akin to like Chrono Trigger or like of that such like cross 
like team attacks basically and so yeah. that again this is basically what's cluing in for rebirth yeah so we'll, we'll see how this goes uh it's not it's not as fun if i'm being honest with you and the story just feels i don't want to say tacked on it, it more or less fills in the holes if anything else if, if, but it, i would argue that some of these holes don't need to be uh, that's that's gonna sound so dirty. Uh, <laughs> these story elements didn't need to be filled in. There we go. Um, like for example, we have the, we meet this new sector of avalanche. Okay, fine. And one of them just happens to be a pretty lady. So of course we're gonna meet the idiots who wanna you know take her to Don Corneo and then they ditch her because Tifa shows up. I'm like, did we need this at all? And then uh, that that new mini game, the oh, Fort Condor. Yeah, I don't like that. Really? I couldn't. I almost lost the first match just because it didn't explain enough to me. And I'm like, but well, how do I summon my units? And, they, and they apparently had to press a space bar. They didn't tell me that. There was nothing. Uh, there. Yeah, right. I you guess it, it's keyboards. probably more complicated on PC. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I played on controller and it's like, again, it's basically just like summon up rock, paper, scissors and all that. Yeah, and usually before that, but it was just like, like I was turned off after the first game. I'm like, hey, let's play Condor. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. I mean, you might want to best because there is a good reward, good cash, and, and, and material and, and equipment. So you might want to do that. But I uh, mean, that's just me. Yeah, um, I don't care. So I'm just, <laughs> I was trying to get through, just finish this off, and then I will patiently wait for Rebirth. And then I'm going to debate where they get Crisis Core. So I don't know if I should. Uh, just a, a quick spot. I mean, if you've seen Gerard Completions, right? Like, again, it doesn't really complement to help you with the weights of a rebirth it it, it basically is a straight up port of crisis core so it is yeah, fun yeah the it's the thing that people the wanted the remake to be no <laughs> ouch all right I, i've taken up 20 minutes so i'll stop complaining i mean raving i mean ranting i mean whatever so, i hope some of you have shared my concerns I know, I know scott and will have to a certain extent so i'm grateful that i'm not alone in my confusion but i will digress for now to Nomura, <laughs> i'm watching you all right I mean, thankfully, he's not the director of the second game, so don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help, though, because we also <laughs> we also what happened with the Star Wars sequels if when the first guy didn't have control of the second one. I'm, I don't know. We're not getting into Last Jedi. We're not getting Last Jedi. It sucked. Uh, like, how could you do that to Luke Skywalker? I mean, come on. Anyway, we never um, thought we don't talk about the sequel trilogy. <laughs> no, we do not. No, we do not. And yet there's some people who think that's a masterpiece, and I'm like, who, no, who no, hurt you, bad, child? Bad. <laughs> who, who hurt you? Uh, all right, Scott, how about you? Most of my gaming time is spent on Baldur's no, Gate no, Scott, 3. I mean, what do you think about the sequel trilogy? I'm oh, the sequel trilogy? <laughs> uh, um, nah. <laughs> I don't good. care. Okay, well, I'll leave it at that. Meh. That's good. I like that. I don't care. Exactly. Move on. Okay, so the game that I've been mainly playing is Baldur's Gate 3 nice. and uh, Sea of Stars. So both fantastic games in their own right. Completely different also in their own right, but... <laughs> okay, I want to ask you a legit question here. And I have I have very lightly played D&D &D in the past. Like, very, yeah. very lightly. Do you think someone like me, who just likes, who likes RPGs, likes story games, likes good character drama, do you think that I could get into and enjoy Baldur's Gate 3? Do you, did you play Dragon Age Origins? I did not. Darn. Um... <laughs> I played Mass Effect! <laughs> I mean, Mass Effect is similar to Dragon Age. It's just they took it more of a, I guess, different style. 
But basically, um, I'd say Baldur's Gate 3 is probably like the best natural extension to how people liked Dragon Age Origins Mm-mm-mm-mm. of having so much choice over events, having so much like basically so many options for you to do just based on like your character, based on so many other aspects to the game. That if you enjoy like a free a free approach to like problem solving in a I guess fantasy setting, then yes, you would like Baldur's Gate three. You don't have to be into the whole D and D aspect of it. Does it play extremely well with the D and D aspects? Oh, absolutely. There's still going to be complainers though, especially because it doesn't have nearly as many subclasses as there are in D and D. But also, people have to remember is a lot of those subclasses you like are not actually a part of the core D&D. It's a part of extensions of D&D. Mm-hmm. And no. so they don't they don't really have the, like, extension ones. They basically just have, like, the core subclasses. All right, all right, all right. But you don't have to necessarily min-max your character. They have a good range of, like, do you like to focus on combat? Do you like to focus on the adventure? Do you like focusing on the choice that you can basically scale whatever difficulty you want? Which I think is really nice. Like you can have the hardcore min maxers just go to like the expert levels and just destroy everything because they're min maxers. <laughs> but you can also just have the people who just want to enjoy the story, enjoy the characters, enjoy the world that it's set in. Which it's a D and D world, so yes, it is extremely like intricate and <clears throat> fleshed out. Right, right, right. Like even saw like saw. I mean, if you haven't seen the gameplays on Twitch already, like it is just massive. Again, like some quests are indeed time, so there is like heavy time, uh, t- time sensitive cl- missions and all that. And of course, just like, like the conversations, just the characters at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, ha- ha- like I-, I seen through. I mean, it maybe I'll get it on PS Five, but like as far as like it's just like the entire cast is just like absolutely like. They intrigue you. Everybody loves them. They're and personally for me, and I, I personally for me, I just love. I love Carlac. I'm sorry, I'm gonna be that guy. I love Carlac. <laughs> I too am a Carlac simp. No, <laughs> oh, have... my friend, my brother, my brother. <laughs> all, all I have to say about what Will just said is, yeah, Will. People really enjoy the characters for the conversations. Yeah, I mean, I'm yes, not gonna go say out there the because we're in Nintendo stuff, podcast, but, but you, <laughs> you want to go touch about it by being my guest. Uh, about that too is uh, Baldur's Gate Three actually has a toggle that lets you to turn off any of the nudity and sexual stuff. Yep, yep, yep. So there is that, which there's is awesome, action. and I appreciate yeah. that. But like, I kid you not, I've seen so many like posts, especially on Twitter, uh, just about you know the building up. I mean, like, let, let's be okay. I'm just gonna say it out there: the game is openly horny. It is oh, just openly horny. It's so much. Like, I saw yes. a video, and I'm not sure this is like an accurate thing, but I'll try and detail it the best I can. There's a character who's like the literal version of hot, like burning at the touch or whatever. Yeah, like, that's Carlac. That's yeah, Carlac. You need like burn ointment to like be with her. And I saw a yeah. video of like them like about to get it on, and then the the burn ointment counter started going like way down or something. I don't know. There are so many memes of Carlac. Like, okay, like you like yes, yeah, but like okay, I'll drink all that fire resistance potion for the sake of her, and like. <laughs> yeah, she she's just lovable. Again, she's pr- pr- pretty much the definition of Gatmoy. <laughs> uh, it's a term, Gatmoy. Basically, the t- you you expect her to be a tough, tough, tough brunt, uh, barbarian class, but uh-huh. she is just an absolute sweetheart. All she wants to do is go adventuring, and then she just gets in, like brought into so much crap because of her appearance, basically, <laughs> and the contract offer. Yeah, and the fact that she's really good at being a barbarian. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, they're nope. wrong with that. 
but like when you're when you're so like good at your job that literal devils are like can you kill these demons for me and you're just like <laughs> no and then they force you to anyways <laughs> yeah that is something i heard about uh, from yahtzee was yep, yep, yep. um like he had this one mission where he was trying to save the dude that turns into a bear that you could barely make love to, which is totally not a Game of Thrones reference at all. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Game of Thrones fans. Um, he should he should have been with Brienne of Tarth, and we all know it. Scream, Master. <laughs> you had your woman. I'm not gonna get into that actually. <laughs> Game last season, everybody, it was bad. Um, was it though? Let's digest. No, uh, it doesn't exist. In my it does. Eyes. It does. We don't talk about it. <laughs> there is no. There is no Game of Thrones season eight. There is no War of Bossing Say. We all know the drill. But uh, <laughs> like he he was trying to save that dude, and he tried to do it like in a non-confrontational way. And then the guy goes, "Well, I can't come with you until you kill all these guys stealthily," and he's like. That's not what my character's built for, so why would I do that in the first place? So, I have, I have heard of these limitations, despite saying, like, oh, it's very open-ended, like a D&D campaign. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, there's only so much, like, again, There's only so much you can program, but also at the same time, there is a lot that they've programmed. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It took, like, how many years and, like, 300-plus developers, so, like, they, they better have had a lot to do. And yet yeah. they, they showed up the AAA uh, industry so much from what it made, <laughs> so, yeah. But, yes, absolutely would recommend Baldur's Gate 3 if you are adventure fantasy fan, even if you aren't necessarily into D&D. &D. If you are into D&D &D and you actually want a, like, a really good game that's a kind of a recreation of D&D &D systems, this is absolutely <laughs> the one to get like everything is so D&D-esque. It is fantastic. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. So what about Sea of Stars? Oh, Sea of Stars is great. Um, geez, all, all, the, all the, the, both those games are just like fantastic masterpieces in my opinion. But <laughs> you don't get, I mean, you don't get nearly as much choice as Baldur's Gate 3, but you still get a lot of adventure and you still get a lot of added aspects you can do. Um, sea of Stars is, I think, a really good like mix of like the puzzles of Golden Sun and like a inspired combat form of uh, Chrono Trigger. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's not exactly like Chrono Trigger. They put in some more like quality of life things, like timing and actual like key inputs. But they also kept the aspect of you basically wandering into location and monsters then surrounding you on the screen. So that it goes from straight from like wandering to battle, but you can actually see the enemies kind of a deal. And if you find them before they find you, you can actually get a hit on them. So there's a lot of fun things to love about Sea of Stars, but I think the problem of me trying to explain stuff is that there's so much to it that if I explain something, I'd probably already give stuff away. <laughs> Spoilers! And I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> it. it is a fantastic game and you should just get it and play it. <laughs> do it. And the fact that it's on PlayStation Plus and Game Pass means that, yes, everyone should try it. <laughs> it uh, is a fantastic game, Microsoft. and the pixel art is great. <laughs> I don't like the Game Pass. I don't want to support Microsoft. They're mean. and they. <laughs> then go buy it on PC. Fine, I will do that. <laughs> or buy it on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. We're a Nintendo podcast. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Show your loyalty, Scott. I will buy it on everything if I have to. <laughs> that would definitely be a choice. <laughs> I mean, I do it with some games. <laughs> I know we'll do that with a Persona Five. <laughs> you bought? What'd you have it on PlayStation before, and then you bought it on Switch? 
Uh, see, I bought I I bought I have the original on PlayStation 4. I got the royal version, and of course I had to get a one switch. So it's totally three times. Yes. Yeah, I have it three times too. I've been debating getting it on PC. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of funny as well. Like they um now uh, Sega uh, Atlas released the the one more edition on Amazon other and other storefronts now, but apparently it had too much in stock. So <laughs> <laughs> what's what happens? <laughs> yeah, Atlas, that's what you get for a freaking a chip it, like chip leaving the bill for shipping with us. So yeah, <laughs> take that. Also, Persona Three Reload on Switch when? Seriously, how do we yes, get left please. out? Come on. Like, especially after we helped with the big Persona 5 Royal multi-platform sales. Like, you're, you're going to leave us out in the cold this time? Really? <laughs> and there has been so much good news on Persona 3 Reload. Ooh, boy. <laughs> it's like, what, yep. did we, what did we do wrong, guys? Like, where did it all go wrong? Again, I blame Sega USA for that one. <laughs> oh, blaming Sega? That's not a Nintendo thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. All right, Will. How about you? Uh, it has been more or less continuation of other games. Uh, in my continuation on Tears of the Kingdom, I'm actually uh going through like uh, finish finding uh the rest of the side quest missions, like the 130 side quest missions that's out there. So I'm just kind of like going through like the realms, finish up all that before I head into the final quest of face off against Ganondorf. So that's what I'm currently at in Tears of the Kingdom. Yes, I know. I'm just bogging down uh, until the end. So yeah. I'm just waiting for you two to finally get back to Xenoblade 3 so we can talk about the ending that I've been waiting over a year <laughs> to talk about. Literally. Yes, yes, I need to get back in that game too, I guess. And... It directly ties into, you know, the even ties into future redeemed and all that and uh, yes, and yeah. all the rest of the cast. I know, I know. I need to yeah. get back to it. I've been dying to talk about this because it is like one of the most non-Nintendo things I have ever seen, and yet I have, and I can't talk about it because it'll be a huge spoiler for you too. So, <laughs> yes, yes. Once I, I guess, once I, I get get on that before like the big rush of Mario RPG and all that. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah, aside from Tears of the Kingdom, I've of course naturally this current the new Fame Pass season of Fall Guys, which includes the uh, the Warriors of Light from Final Fantasy uh, series. So yes, if you have if you get the Fame Pass, you get the Fat Chocobo as well as this this pass is with the warriors of light so yep uh some final fantasy representation more on fall guys so yep by that as well as like the current costumes of uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles up there as well right now so yeah by all means there's that and also as well, like you can continue a little bit of uh the final phase 7 uv doc and overall it's just <laughs> oh, oh it's currently at that time period it's just quiet right now just continue on gotcha games Faye right now is at uh final appears is currently at that quiet period and next week is gonna be a, a mythic banner so there's that so wait until that moment but aside from that it's just it's just business as usual just going through my backlog of games so yeah and of course just as well um yeah getting ready for ne since next week is going to be the beginning of the new season for Splatoon 3 so yeah i need to go and get also get back to that game as well so uh, so much games and uh, of course this season things yeah so this much games I, I bought asking my for my time i i want to go play for i had to play fall guys i had to play for two and three do get all the goodies with the catalog and of course naturally we've got to get ready for the splat fest with the best uh topic of who's best in, in deep cut like geez how many games wants to want my time uh, but i digress do you though do you will uh, i kid 
All right. Uh, now we will head to the news because, yeah, it's been a very busy week. So it's time to go down the war pipe. And first, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn the loss of a great man. Wait, what do you mean he's not dead? You told, you told me he was dead, Jim. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was dead McCoy. Anyway. Uh, seriously, Star Trek? Anybody? Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> We are, of course, talking about the quote-unquote passing of Charles Martinet. By passing, we mean he is passing the role of Mario off to someone else. Because Nintendo of America confirmed, quote, Charles Martinet has been the voice, original voice of Mario for Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he'll be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It's been an honor working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please help keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we'll post at a future date, end quote. Not gonna lie, when I saw that message, I, like, I thought Charles passed away. It, it had me the first time. <laughs> it place. did read like that, did that? Like, oh no, 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 no! Please do not tell me he passed. Like, oh, okay, he's 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 not dead. Good, good, good. And like, oh, he's stepping down. Okay, sad, but yeah. again, as you said, he had this role since 1991. I like, I was born in 1990. He was he pretty much part of my. He was there for me my entire life. And yeah, it's from Mario 64. And just to like, I get it. He's he's 67 years old last I checked. And yeah, he's old now. So, but again, the fact that he's Mario, like you you don't hear anybody else aside from like ah, of course, like the um, the cartoons, the movie, and all that. Sure, but yeah, just to realize that Charles Martinet is not voicing Mario anymore now, who has been pivotal in the industry. Again, he's an icon. So yes. just to hear him with a different voice, not voice by Martinet, is just like, yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, I get it. He, he has to step down. He has to retire some, some way or another, but it's still sad just to know an iconic voice is no longer voicing anymore. One of the ironies is that as I was bringing up the article, about uh, his leaving the role, the we have like a recommended section right under the page, and the first one says Charles Martinet wants to voice Mario forever. Right, <laughs> right, right. Oops. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, maybe he did want to, and maybe Nintendo just offered him a better or a position that he would could be Mario without being Mario. I don't know. <laughs> now he's the real life Mario. <laughs> yeah. So, I I I don't know. I I don't get it. I mean, sorry, that, that, that sounds mean. Um, I don't know why he decided to leave now. There we go. Uh, it's his choice, obviously. I hope I hope it was his choice. Yeah, yeah hopefully we, it we don't know if it was on Charles Martin, if it was with Nintendo's part. We don't know on the unfortunate details why. But again, with with how it is, again, he's stepping down, stepping back from the road to do anything else. Again, being the ambassador, just basically show, like, bringing more introducing mario to the world with whatever the years he has still remaining on this world hopefully and yeah it's just now of course people have figuring out that this like with mario the new game mario wonder as well as other games 
going forward, yeah, it's by a new voice. And who is that actor? We won't know until probably from that video presentation from Shigeru Miyamoto yeah. and Martinez. So whoever it is, like, yeah, they got some big shoes shoes to fill. And I'm not talking plumber shoes. He's got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, I uh, when this was already clearly in the works for the very simple reason that they already had voiced maria for wonder and no one caught on that that wasn't martinet until after the message came out and then they looked back at wonder they go wait a minute that's not martinet's mario voice and it's subtle but it is different so i, I don't know so this has clearly been in the works for at least a little while mm -hmm. that, that at least pre-scheduled yeah you're predetermined yeah yeah and so we that video that they referenced with uh, miyamoto and martinet has not come out as of today at this thursday the 24th but uh, once it does release, possibly soon, possibly next week, uh, we will post it so that you all can see it. Uh, but yeah, this is the uh, this is the end of an era. And nearly third three, yeah, nearly three decades, nearly thirty years. Like yeah. we're, we're we're pretty much like at that point, like kids who grew up. I mean, I was I was born in a ton of kid with Mar with Mario. So to know that he's been with for a major good solid part of your life is just like wow he lived to that point and we really lived to that point that he was Mario, and now he's finally stepping down it's like oh my god we're old at the same time like wow it's been three decades can you believe that yes we are so dang old but uh we'll just have to wait for uh more information and hey if he's happy being the mario ambassador and just spreading the good word of mario and nintendo and mario uh around the world power to you charles all right and Ooh. he even says like in his tweet like you are number one in my heart <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go retire <laughs> so. all right next up but to uh okay this is almost a very funny counter uh, let's talk about Sonic. Sonic. Yes, I know. So, <laughs> but, oh, this is going to get more funny. I, I prom funnier, I promise you. So, so during Gamescom, a new Sonic trailer dropped, showing off the multiplayer aspect of the game. We already knew about the four-person co-op that you could do, but there's also going to be a battle mode where you can create a custom character and you know go at it in, in a four-person match. But that's not the only thing I wanted to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to talk about the release date. Do you guys know what the release date is? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. It is the day before another game. <laughs> it is very close to that. It is coming out on October 17th. Gee, what comes out on October 20th, I wonder? <laughs> it, that would be a Super Mario Wonder for all of you not paying attention. But yes, Sonic decided. Sonic and Sega decided, "Hey, let's break out the Sonic game three days before the Mario title." That's just mean. <laughs> that's, that's spiteful. Like, are, are you so afraid of Mario? Yes, you are. Uh, are you so afraid of Mario that you just had to get the release out first? Really? Like, <laughs> so that old rivalry between Sonic and Mario, and they had to gotta go fast first. <laughs> yeah, but who's actually gonna sell more? Do you have wonder? Just saying. But uh, yeah, so check out the new trailer and be ready for October 17th if you if you are a Sega person or if you're an actual gamer, you wait till October 20th to get Mario Wonder. I'm just saying. 
I'm sorry, is Sega making consoles anymore? No, they're not. <laughs> so I'm sorry. No. I'm pretty sure it's N Nintendo does, but Sega can't or something like that. I'm sure there's a phrase we could use here. Anyway, moving on. Sega sucks. No, it doesn't. Uh, okay, this one's for me, even though it's it's not going to be the best Switch port. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> they dropped a new trailer uh, showcasing some of the characters of Outworld and Raiden, the new Raiden, as it were. And like this game, like, oh my gosh, the, I, I could just tell that Ed Boon and NetherRealm are having like a blast making this <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the fatalities, the twists on the story, you know, how Liu Kang is reshaping the world and how he wants it to be to be more peaceful, quote unquote. Um, we all know it's going to go belly up, but hey, let him try. <laughs> let him try. But uh, but even the fatalities are just insane. The, the one for Sindel where she kills Shao Kahn or General Shao, as he's called now, um, is just so brutal. And then she just goes, who's your queen? And it rips out his skull. I'm like, yep, you're my queen. Uh, <laughs> you're my queen. So, Also, for anyone who didn't catch it, yes, she does have the Banshee scream. It's just not her primary weapon. It is her hair, as yeah. it should be. As it should. Yeah. yeah. She, was, she was Bayonetta before Bayonetta, okay? Let's be honest. True, Very true. true. <laughs> Very true. So... Uh, the game looks great, and then uh, today, or like yesterday, I don't know, um, Ed Boon said that he would totally be up for doing a Marvel vs. DC title. Oh, man, I heard that a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He said he's up for it. He knows it would be like a great hurdle to clear getting everyone on board, and I'm just like, that's what makes it worth it, though, because if you get if you clear that hurdle, you have free reign. Right. Yeah, again, right. More, more they did it once. They did it once. <laughs> they did in the nineties, but that was before Disney took over. Yeah. And we all know who's the head of Disney. Mr. I'm these these writers are being unreasonable. Oh, I'll show you unreasonable. <laughs> they want a living wage. Yeah, oh, how oh, dare oh. how they do they want a living wage when I struggle to make a second yacht for myself? <laughs> uh, so but yes, like I, I, I Ed Boone is the kind of developer I would love to be just in terms of not just his passion, but his desire to do all these things. Because, like, hey, I'm making Mortal Kombat. Hey, I wonder if I can make a DC-style Mortal Kombat game. And then he did twice, and it was awesome. <laughs> twice. And, you know, there might be a third. But I was like, no, let's go bigger. Let's do Marvel versus DC Comics. And he even said the reason I want to do it is childish is just because I think it's cool. He wants to do a game where he could put Spider-Man against Batman. He just thinks that's cool. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, that yeah, cool. that'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, again, crossover fighters. Again, Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah. Like, Smash Bros. Ultimate. Like, these crossover games, like, generally do. The, again, we don't talk about PlayStation all We do not talk about that one. No, we don't talk <laughs> about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. <laughs> Yeah, but when the when a game smash like the like this can comes together good, I mean like Project Cross or any crossover games per se, nice. they generally do pretty good just because again it's the possibility again the fan fiction material the freaking yeah. the crossover conversation you never thought would happen can happen. I mean again like even with the, like, the expansion pass for Mortal Kombat One with uh, again uh, Omni Man Peace Walker which will be no, voiced stop, by the original Stop Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Sorry, sorry. Peace Walker is is Kojima. Uh, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So I say, and then and like just today as well, they'll be announced reprised by their original actor, and heck, that even John Cena is gonna be uh yeah. Yep, John Cena, J.K. Simmons. Also, uh, for all you uh, speculator haters out there, no, Omni Man and Homelander are not gonna play the same way. I didn't like this thought when I first heard of it, just because of like, oh, but they both play like Superman, like. 
but they're different versions of <laughs> Superman. That's the point. Also, if you really don't think there's a difference between these two, go watch the Death Battle episode. <laughs> You're going to learn just how much of a difference there is between these two. Okay? And someone eats their own heart. All right. Spoilers. <laughs> so, and oh, by the way, a lot of people want that fatality in the game because of Death I hope Battle. they have some kind of a uh, homage to it, to be honest. I, I, I want it. I want it so bad. So I would get the game on Switch just to see that fatality. But yeah, at, at Boone, you're you're doing God's work, and and we always say like, oh yeah, wouldn't it be great if like this team did this game? But you always have to wonder, can they pull it off? With Nether Realm, they've already proven it. Yeah, they did an Elseworld story so great in Injustice that it got a, a award-winning <laughs> comic run just to fill in the blanks of the storyline. Like that's how good it was, and they sold millions of copies. And there might be Injustice Three, and we would have gotten it if it wasn't for the pandemic. So darn pandemic yeah, it's, killing it's, people. Don't uh, mm, you, you really shouldn't have said that today, but I was sorry. It it's all right. <laughs> it's because of the wrestler thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so Ed Boone, keep doing God's work and make make Disney bow to you. <laughs> Neil before Boone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next uh, okay, this is gonna be a hilarious story. All right. So you might remember that a lot of heads of companies have been making uh various revelations or of such of late. And that includes Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa. But the most recent thing he said, which uh, <laughs> I still don't fully understand where he's going with this, said that Nintendo was in a harsh battle to get people to buy their products. Uh-huh. So here's, here's what he said. Quote, we always keep in mind that if we do not keep putting out things that people truly want, they'll get bored of us. Right now, there are various forms of entertainment besides video games. I believe that making games want, uh, sorry, I believe that making people want to spend their precious time on video games and Nintendo games no less is a very harsh battle. We approach everything while resolved to the fact that at any time, people may start thinking they do not need Nintendo games anymore, end quote. Um... Really? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, look. From a completely objective outside standpoint, this is a smart way of thinking of things. Because there are three main competitors in the, the gaming space, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Each one has franchises that, you know, pull gamers in their direction. And there have been console wars for, let's see, 40-some-odd years. So, objectively... Sure, there is always that risk, but you're also gosh dang Nintendo, and just the Switch alone proves that people are willing to buy your games in the millions, especially when you start a pandemic and then release Animal Crossing. You know what you did. <laughs> you can't refute it. <laughs> John Oliver said it on his show, and that man speaks the truth every single episode. I, I rest my case. But, like, what do you guys make of this? Because this, this felt like... I don't know. Exaggeration seems almost low, too low key here. <laughs> I mean, it made it sound like they're like he's they're dying again, and when they're actually at the record high. So I'm not sure what to make of this. Clearly, you don't either. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not per se. <laughs> Fine, I'll talk more. Uh, here I am trying to give you room to speak, and you're just wanting me to talk. Fine, be that way. See so, again. Look, from the business perspective, I understand wanting to always put your best foot forward, especially in this last year or so where we've had so many games broken, unrefined, buggy as heck, 
at launch and nintendo is like no we're just gonna wait our turn and games like with fire Emblem engage uh uh tears of the kingdom pikmin 4 which we'll talk about soon so on and so forth but just say that say we're like that like that first line like if, if we we always keep in mind that if we do not keep putting out things that people truly want they'll get bored of us i understand that sentiment because mm-hmm. we don't want we don't want a thousand mario games even if they are all voiced by charles martinet uh <laughs> smash brothers wouldn't be smash brothers if it came out every year or every two years yeah you know, it, yeah you don't want any situation yeah. we don't need a call of duty smash brothers <laughs> oh the horror, the horror. <laughs> so you know there are i understand that sentiment but saying it's a very harsh battle that just doesn't fit well right now when zelda tears of the kingdom in a few months sold 18 over 18 million probably 20 million now animal crossing sold over 40 million uh, Mario Wonder is probably going to sell numerous millions, depend- as long as it's good quality. Which, let's be honest, it's a Mario game. If they screwed that up, they really would be in trouble. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Smash Brothers Ultimate is over forty million. Uh, Breath of the Wild is like over forty million or something like that, or close to it. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sold ten million in, in three days, and it's like I think it's close, getting close to thirty million now. You know, it's not as harsh as you're portraying it. And the Switch is over one hundred fifty million, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not 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 so harsh, there, dear president. Not 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 so harsh during the Wii U era. Sure, say this, say it's a struggle to survive. Yes, but when you're on top, it's it's not so much a, a harsh battle as it is. You know, where do I put this next stack of money that I've gotten? <laughs> you know, it prints money. I have nowhere else to put it. Anyway, now let's go on to another presidential talk, shall we, gentlemen? Let's go, oh. let's go back to the uh, Pokemon company, where this time we're actually going to talk about the COO, who has been very chatty recently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, during the uh, World Championships, which happened last week, uh, he was asked about uh, creating new Pokemon and whether the team has ran out of ideas yet. And he goes, quote, as new generations of Pokemon, oh, sorry, as new generations of people come to work on the games and they'll have new ideas for new creatures. We're able to continue creating new Pokemon. Right now, we're over 1,000. But if you think about how many living creatures there are in our world, there's something over hundreds of thousands. I would think we probably still have a long way we can keep going, end quote. Okay, first of all, there's our, there are millions of creatures in the <laughs> world. You, there's millions of insects alone, which is always horrifying to me. Like, seriously. Oh, I, I, we don't need more giant, like, deadly insects. There you go. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, it's not that you have a thousand, like that's always been impressive, but it's the question of can you keep making good Pokemon designs? Because we, as we've noted multiple times in this podcast, <laughs> you've made plenty of bad ones. Looking at you, Gold Dango. <laughs> Cinnamon is the winner, man. There is no reason for that to be as hard to get as it is. Not to mention, how? why is that one number 1,000? Oh, I have to get 1,000 coins. I do not care. I could care less, and I and I refuse to even try and get that Pokemon. I refuse. All right, and that that doesn't speak of all the other generations where they've had numerous bad designs or questionable ones. And we're actually going to talk about another one very very soon. But <laughs> you know, I legit wonder how far they can keep going because they've had like whole generations that a lot of people want to forget. Gen five. Um. So yeah, I don't doubt you can keep creating them. I doubt you can keep making quality ones. 
Mm, like you probably gonna exhaust like the base idea creatures organisms of the entire world in the biological sphere or i don't know even microscopic sphere it feels like like sooner or later they're gonna have to go amiibo amiibo sized style pokemon like oh we're gonna create amiibos uh like or like even <laughs> more insects that have been i don't know like the, sooner or later you're gonna hit to a limit i feel like like you pretty much went through dragons, you went through aquamarine life, you went through insectoids of the animal kingdom. Uh, you, you pretty much now you're going to inanimate objects of keys, clouds, ice cream, apples. They and have apples. Four apple Pokemon. Four. I mean, like, even making literal garbage as Pokemon. And yeah. Just like what else is going to be there? You're going to hit a limit of what is exists in the physical realm. Like, gonna what are we going to do? They're going to their gonna... own like Game Boy Advance Pokemon where they're literally just Game Boy Advances. I'm at the, I'm at the point <laughs> that Pokemon is probably going to steal ideas from Nintendo themselves. And, like, I don't know, make Pikmin Pokemon or something of sorts, I feel like. Oh boy. Yeah. And, uh,. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just, again, I, I admire him saying, like, oh, yeah, new people will come up with new Pokemon. And that's true. I mean, think about it. It took us nine generations to get a dolphin Pokemon. But then you remember what that dolphin Pokemon evolves into, and I'm like, mm, I'm fine <laughs> without it. That one is stupid in terms of how it, it evolves. That's another thing. Like, <laughs> they've gotten really stupid with their evolutionary processes recently. Like, oh, you have to have a stone. Okay, that's fine. You have to make it happy during the day or the night. Okay, I, I guess. You have to feed it so many Pokeblocks that this ugly Pokemon will think it's beautiful. And then it'll evolve. Mm, a little bit of a stretch. Oh. <laughs> and, then, and then my personal favorite, uh, with Yamask in Galar, you have to injure it just enough go to a certain spot in Galar, and it'll evolve right there. <laughs> really. <laughs> or, or, or Galarian Farfetch. You have to hit three critical hits in one battle. Really? Yeah, that one was tough. That was stupid. Okay? And and when they did it in the anime, that wasn't even close to what happened. Alright? No. He evolved out of Warrior's Spirit alone. Alright? That's that's the power of Ash right there. He he doesn't care about what the actual evolutionary confines are. You know, he'll just he'll just make stuff up as he goes along and get the Pokemon he desires, looking at you, Ash Greninja. Uh, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But yes. exactly. And Surfesh was a boss, especially in the fight with the Cynthia and Leon. But like that was stupid, and then like th this one, oh, you have to have you know a, you, you have to be with unity and blah 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 blah, and it's just like stop it. <laughs> Something wrong with just basic evolutions, okay? Stop trying to make it complicated. <laughs> so, yeah, again, if you want to keep trying, sure. Just remember, we we will react when the designs are horrible and when the game is buggy as heck. All right, watching. We're watching and we're counting down till the DLC gets here because that'll be that'll be the big test. We'll see if you learned your Hopefully lesson. Hopefully, it's a polished DLC. It <laughs> if it's not, oh, the backlash! Oh, the backlash! All right. Next up, uh, speaking of Pikmin, as Will mentioned, uh, Pikmin Four continues to do incredibly in Japan. Uh, as a Nintendo Insider noted, they have reached um, seven hundred and fifty thousand physical sales in Japan alone which is basically double what the entirety of the series sold in Japan so far of the original trilogy. 
really sad when you think about it. But hey, at least number four is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't include, obviously the number does not include digital sales because Nintendo does not like to reveal that. Nor do nope. we know the uh, US or UK numbers, despite the fact it's been a month. You really think, you really think that we would have heard something by now, <laughs> especially with Miyamoto being behind this one, but oh well. Clearly, I'm the only one who thinks. Yeah, you guys got to interact more. Come on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Come on. Like, I'm just like, if anything else, like, I'm just glad that Pick Before at least had had that um, recognition that people gave this thing a chance, as, as I mentioned in prior podcasts. And just to, see, to know that, I don't know, like, it, it seems that this is actually a good point. Like I feel like this is good proof to know that Pikmin Four does will have a future down the line in in the coming years. He is hoping that if they decide to make a Pikmin Five, then yeah, like it's that yeah there is an audience out here. I mean, here's hoping that it doesn't come a dead uh, IP series like with Golden Sun or F Zero, hopefully, and Aww. like just leave in the grave. So uh, here's a, it's good to see that this still has a future that that this series Pikmin has. Yes, let's hope it continues and it doesn't go the route of those other two games that we want not to die. <laughs> also, that was a, that was another thing about the Nintendo president's statement. It's like, if we don't get the people what they want, and I'm like, where's F-Zero? Where's, <laughs> where's Mother 3? Where's, where's Mother 3, gosh dang you? Where is Genealogy of the Holy War remake? All right? Hey, hey, Nomura, there's a game you could change the story of so Sigurd doesn't die horribly. <laughs> You can make it so he doesn't get burned alive by a meteor. Honestly, I think it'd be meteor. interesting to see what Nomura would do with a fire emblem. <laughs> yeah. Will, there's Nomura another thing. What is going geez. on with these guys? <laughs> I mean, no, no offense, but does Japanese guys have a fetish with summoning meteors to kill their enemies? I'm just saying. It, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've heard about Japan. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, true. So, congrats to Pikmin and. Uh, I, I look forward to hearing the official sales. I'd be shocked if it's not over two million by now, because I would I, I would be stunned if Japan is the big best seller for Pikmin Four right now. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll find out soon. All right. Speaking of epic Japanese things, let's talk about Daddy Sakurai. Yes. Yeah. Because I and I was shocked to hear this. It's been a year since he created his Creating Games channel. That was yep. surprising. It has been a year. I remember when that thing started. I was so yes. pumped. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exciting. This like, is Like, yeah. Wait a minute. I like saw this thing when it started. Like, it's been a year already. I, I just, I was just watching this at the theater. It's not too long ago <laughs> in my life. And like, I, when Daddy Sakurai put the trailer, like, he's making a YouTube channel. What? Uh, okay. Now he's done with Ultimate. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Okay, he making a YouTube channel. Nice. Would it be cat videos? Yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Like. It's been a year since when he made his YouTube channel, and like, it, yeah, just how much information has come since then? Like, wow, so much information, so much education. Yeah, he's revealed a lot of like the internal resources stuff with various games he's been a part of. Yeah, I can't get enough of his videos. And if we're being completely blunt here, his view, his uh, views need to be much higher. Like, I, yes. uh, like there's some like they get like 40k 30k and then he does a smash brothers one that gets like a hundred thousand i'm like yes i get it you like <laughs> smash brothers but like go go watch this other stuff it's really good it's like averages five minutes if that yeah a lot right. of them most of them are really short and they are yeah, all it's like jam-packed yeah i mean it's it's beautiful stuff and he's he's putting his passion into it he made a new video to welcome people to the channel 
And he's like, I hope to do this for many more years. And I'm like, I'd watch it for many more years. Yeah. I wish that this was something I had during college years because it would inspire, I felt it would inspire me more, mm-hmm. you know, where, given where I was. It would have been a great creative resource tool to use. And uh, sadly, it was just like the timing didn't work out, which is fine. <laughs> life, life happens. But the next generation, you know, this is going to be a valuable resource here because he's talking about big things, little things, showing that, you know, his creative process hasn't always been like the smoothest thing ever. And, you know, we, we don't we don't deserve this channel, so we should be grateful that we got it. All right. Yes. So. Yeah. Like if he puts in more videos of cat, of his cats and all that, by all means, that will easy be a million. Like, again, that's what he needs for. He he, he put, puts cat videos on on his Twitter account, just put it on YouTube, and then boom, you get the views raking in, no problem. The algorithm loves it. Yeah. So, God bless you, Sakurai. We wait your next video and possibly the one that hints that we're going to get the uh, Kid Icarus Uprising HD um, remake, remaster on Switch or whatever. Just saying. Or <laughs> sequels. Sequels good too. So, all right. Next up, we have uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Sadly, we do not have confirmation of a fourth game just yet. But uh, in the uh, the official soundtrack was dropped over in Japan, and mm-hmm. uh, Tetsuya Takahashi, not Nomura, Takahashi, um, left a message, and it said, "Quote: Rather than playing on defense, going on the offense, change rather than maintain. This is a stance that I have continued to hold for 30 years. If there is another Xenoblade, it will likely be vastly different from what came before in style and music. I would like to make my next goal something that will betray everyone's expectations in a good way." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. It's yeah. an interesting way to phrase that, yeah. <laughs> like, of course, naturally, we're going to create a processes. The, the naturally, the the biggest opponent is indeed yourself. Like, how are you gonna one up yourself and all that? I I get that mentality, and what the way he says that, like betraying people's expectations. I mean, sure, you want to like surprise them one way or another, and like, is it good? Who knows? Like, is like, will it stink? Who knows? But if he wants to make something new that's like completely different from what we knew from from Chronicles, from X, and all that, then by all means, go for it. Like, go nuts, go nuts. <laughs> yeah, for me, like this trilogy has been so incredible. Like, I liked the first game, loved the second game, and adored the third one. Like, I still, have, I probably when I have nothing to play in December after I beat Super Mario RPG, I'll probably dive back into Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and just witness that story again and watch my heart break all over again in Chapter 5. Um, like, seriously, like, that hits so hard. In, mm. It'll hit hard even though I know the ending and whatever. The ending that some people still haven't reached <laughs> yet. Um, but, like, they, they've challenged themselves to keep going bigger, keep going better. And they, I've heard people say that Future Redeemed kind of ends the story. I think that's ambiguous uh, for various reasons. Um, I won't, I won't dive into spoilers, but I think it's still they could still continue the general story of this universe because of how it's framed and all that. But uh, if they do go in a completely different direction, awesome, awesome. I, I look forward to seeing what they do. If they finally decide to do Xenoblade Chronicles X two. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, please. Please. <laughs> we, we, used, we, you gamers, have suffered. Xenoblood Chronicles X fans over here dying. Re- represent. <laughs> represent. I need to know how these little robot people spoilers are still alive. How? 
think that was a game. That was a twist in the game. <laughs> oh, we're not actually alive. We're all robots, and our souls are. It's complicated. But <laughs> I would I would dive right in right now. But I'm just like, let's just stop. Um, and yet it's still like the only Wii U port we haven't gotten. Like <laughs> that's not fair. But uh, whatever you decide to do, Monolith, we we trust you. You've done incredible. And uh, I'm sure the music will be as great as it has been in recent titles. So, good luck. If you somehow outdo yourself in the music, I'll be very surprised. I mean, all you really need is Sawano, really. But if you can bring in more people like with his talent, then by all means, heck, I'll be surprised. I'll be very happy if you bring Nomura or, I don't know, Shoji Meguro. Then by all means, take my money. You never know. I mean... Uh, I don't think anyone expected like the flute to be so prominent in three and how that affected the music. And then we saw what happened at the game awards where that guy was rocking out flute style. Yeah. So, uh, hey, I'm power to that guy too. Uh, as a, as a former flute player, I get it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. The flute is powerful, especially when you beat someone over the head with it. Um, <laughs> moving on. All right. So next up we have, okay. I intentionally separated this from the other Pokemon story because this stuff is going to get dark. All right. Uh, even though Halloween is still a few months away, the Pokemon company decided to reveal a brand new Pokemon that will be appearing in part one of the Hidden Treasure of Area Zero. That's the Teal Mask section. And you're going to meet a Pokemon called Pulcha Geist. So if that sounds familiar, it's uh, because there is another T Pokemon that has a very similar name to that. Uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, Pul... I was like, yeah, I got Poltergeist. Uh, something T? Yeah, know. something like, like not Celeste uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll find it as I'm talking about it. But they decided, <laughs> they decided, hey, <laughs> what if we decide uh, to, you know, make an eviler version of a T Pokemon? And they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically you got it right the first delivered. time. It's Poltegeist. Poltegeist. Right, yeah, it's it's Poltegeist and then Polchageist, all right? Um, but Polchageist is a Mulcha tea Pokemon, so green tea. And this is where things get weird, all right? So the Pokemon's origin story, as stated in a video released by the Pokemon Company, I got to make that clear, they're the one who released this madness into the world. Apparently, there was a guy who wanted to perfect the art of tea time, and he was so determined to do that, he actually drove people away because they wouldn't follow the principles of tea time. That left him alone and bitter. His tea, after he died, because of course he died, after he died, his teapot uh, passed from person to person until eventually the teapot came alive. That became Poltergeist. Okay, that's not too bad. I mean, considering that there are ghosts and spirit Pokemon, right? Oh, it gets worse. Poltergeist <laughs> doesn't like it when certain people, or just people in general, do certain things during tea time, like, say, talking on your phone when you should be enjoying your tea. And so what it'll do is it'll put its mulcha on you. And if it does that, it will suck up your life force. <laughs> this is canon. All right, and they even show a video of it literally put, putting Mulcha onto real-life people as this person is telling like a, a, a bedtime story of sorts to children. And the entire room, children and adults included, have their life force sucked out by Poltergeist. What is wrong with you? They need to stop <laughs> listening in to Junji Ito's like, uh, story time. <laughs> Excellent reference. 
<laughs> Excellent reference. I mean, this is messed up. I mean, we, we know that Pokemon lore can get real dark real quick, anything else. And this, this is a, nothing really anything else, especially if you're like, it's kind of going back into like Japanese mythos and all that. I mean, yeah, probably even taking reference to Junji Ito himself. But yeah, just, I, I get, I get the rep, like also part of the cultural references as well, because again, Pocha guys, like, as you know, like they they love their tea. They freaking love their tea. I mean, any tea connoisseur knows like you don't disrespect the tea. That, yeah. That's just basic common sense. You drink tea or you don't. And like with how the Portugal floor is, like yeah, you don't respect the tea. You're gonna get your life force sucked out. And that that like so respect the tea and it will respect you. Even like in Pokemon battles, they, I think they showed off after that lore video. Like it does also help heal your Pokemon as well partially in battle so yeah respect the tea it'll respect you you don't respect the tea tea well uh yeah get get life drained get drained <laughs> so well what you're telling me is that if you don't do what this pokemon likes it's gonna get teed off <laughs> yeah and, and yeah i'm just looking at how this is also gonna be continuing on with the type of ghost and grass type pokemon which yeah, that's definitely a rare, uh, interesting type typing. Again, the Sijuai, Phantom Up, Peak, Pump, Kaboom. Uh, man, what's with these names? And Treviancy. Uh, yeah, now they're looking at it. <laughs> well, look, I know that we've we talked a lot about uh, weird Pokemon. Like my my personal limit is Spirit Tomb, where it's literally like 500 souls that got trapped in a stone somehow, and now it's a Pokemon. Okay, or how Marowak is technically the evolved form of a cubone that lost its mother and then it's uh the shell of the mother like concealed itself around its head you know there's some weird stuff out there in pokemon <laughs> land and if you read the manga like the actual manga manga of pokemon they don't hide the fact that uh these pokemon are freaky like a hunter trying to steal your soul or uh, Drifloom and Drifloom trying to take children away. Yes, that is an actual Pokedex entry. And then yep. they had to revise it in recent entries to stop freaking people out. <laughs> all right, that's canon. They did that, all right? Oh, this, like, grabs onto children and then lifts them away. And now it's, they try to lift children away, but the children are too heavy, and thus it can't do so. Like, oh, yeah, nice, nice pivot there. Like, they'll do that, but they're not afraid to say that Poltergeist will steal your life force for not doing good tea time. Like... Seriously, who hurt you, Pokemon Company? Like, is this one of those new people who's like, I like green tea. Wouldn't it be sad if this green tea sucked my life force away? Oh, there's a great Pokemon idea. I'm guessing it's probably, I don't know, maybe one of the creators of this Pokemon is like, oh, like, all these, like, people who don't appreciate tea cultures, like, or just, like, really being disrespectful in their life. Like, no, okay, you disrespect our culture? Okay, we have a Pokemon that will go and more or less drain your life force. So, I don't know, maybe just one of those people have, an un have a grudge of some sort. I don't know. I mean, I believe it. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> All right. I'm sure there's some wacky stories of how these Pokemon came to be. Like that's that's the book we need a like a, a 1,000 page, 1,015 page book of the origin story of every single Pokemon. And some of them will be basic, and then we'll get to like the Pulcha guys, and it's like, oh yeah, I <laughs> that took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah, like I was I was drinking tea with my American friend, and he just was like being so obnoxious. And I'm like, man, I wish this tea would make him go away. And then I was like, oh, I can make a Pokemon do that. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't we don't know that's that's not what happened ladies and gentlemen I'm just saying <laughs> all right uh, sticking with Pokemon for a really fun story I mean an actual fun story 
Uh, how many NBA fans out there? What was that? I hearing a voice from the Shatterverse. Shut up, Tyler. The Sixers are still not going to win the title this year. I do not trust the process. Um, go Warriors or Celtics. Anyway, um, the NBA season schedules have been slowly releasing, and the Chicago Bulls decided, hey, what if we released our schedule like it was an old-school Pokemon game? And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> they, I'm serious. They full-on recreated Pokemon Black and White, or sorry, uh, Red and Blue, uh, old school graphics and all, and they created it to look like the United Center with Benny the Bull, the mascot, going around trying to find the Bull's schedule. And in it, he has to go and battle certain people, including Greg Popovich, LeBron James, and Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league. And only after beating these people can Benny finally get the schedule for the for the season. And I'm like, that a that's dedication. <laughs> to recreate that to do all these things to make you know the, the custom sprites and whatever for benny and the other characters and then b either someone on the bulls is a huge pokemon fan or they just thought that the fans would get a kick out of this because this doesn't just happen okay someone just woke up and decided this for some reason because yeah. <laughs> think of the process here okay someone had to come up with the idea flesh it out pitch it get approval, make it, launch it, and then hope everyone would like it. Any one of those steps could have gone wrong, and it never happened. So clearly everyone thought this was a good idea. And it was! It was a good idea! Hit run. Yeah. I mean, this is, to be honest, if I was working for, you know, a sports team in general, and I thought of this idea, I honestly would be afraid to pitch it because I know I would like it, but I don't know if they would. I don't go to my bosses saying, you know, hey, do you like Pokemon like I do? You know, Gen 1 for life and all that. Actually, it's Gen 2 for life. But, uh, you know, so on and so forth. You know, I would I would be afraid to ask that, but someone clearly thought that their superiors in the Bulls, uh, including head Jerry Reinsdorf potentially, was like, yeah, let's do a Pokemon thing. Why not? Okay, <laughs> let's 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 keep going with that. Okay, I want to see more of this. All right. Uh, what it yes. reminds me of is uh, the Los Angeles Rams last year, like after they won their Super Bowl, when they did their season reveal, they did it anime style, <laughs> and that's fine. Like that felt that's generic enough to get away with. Like, oh yeah, anime super popular right now. Let's just do an anime opening. Like, okay, fine. But this is specific. This was specifically Pokemon to its core, like old school Game Boy pokemon so someone had to be old enough wise enough what does i said that wise enough and <laughs> passionate enough to pitch this and think they could get it through so whoever you are god bless <laughs> god bless all right and finally uh there is speculation about super mario wonder super mario's wonder outside of the voice acting and it has to do with online play because on the official japanese website for the game it specifically states that there will be online capability details coming, sorry, being revealed at a later date. Potentially hitting at, hinting at a Nintendo Direct, which may or may not come next <laughs> month. We don't know. <laughs> Just high possibility. <laughs> high possibility, as we noted uh, last week or the week before. But uh, it would make sense that we have at least some online play if for no other reason than co-op, especially since they've announced a uh, in the first trailer, all the characters we can play as, including Luigi, Daisy, Peach, Toad, etc., etc., and there could be more. So it would make sense that we have online co-op, and if there's like a battle mode or some other kind of mode, like we, like what we talked about with Sonic Superstars, mm -hmm. you know, 
you never know. I mean, I would say it's it like this wouldn't be the first Mario game with online play. Correct no. me if I'm wrong. No, so. there's been multiple games with co-op, among mm. other things. So yeah, like okay, like yeah, just basically adding more to that. Like yeah, just basically have Nintendo continuing on with like bringing Mario to the current gen again. Online play is just more standard now, standard these days. And so yeah, just as as long as they keep the connection good, like would have. Hopefully improving upon, then sure, okay, I have no problems there. Yeah. So, I mean, we if not obvious, they're going full tilt with Wonder to make it special in ways both <laughs> nice and you know LSD heavy. Uh, <laughs> and I know I, I know you're like, you're all like, well, Tali, can you stop it with that joke? Okay, look, the thing that starts warping the world is called Wonder Flowers. Gee, I wonder what some drugs are made from. Okay. I could not tell you. I, could, I, I, <laughs> I learned things in school, all right. All, that's, that's all. That's all I'm saying. All right. Oh, and, that sorry. actually teaches people now. No. <laughs> you mean, <laughs> okay. Breaking kayfabe here. When I moved to my new hometown, when I was like, I don't know, second grade, the there was a LSD scandal at the high school. <laughs> I'm not joking. It was the front page of the local paper. It was LSD in the high school. I'm like, and mom was mad just because they she moved me and ashley here to have a better education and i'm pretty sure that wasn't the education now <laughs> you know all about the lsd <laughs> yeah it's like you gotta open your mind man <laughs> students gotta expand your thoughts so it's a real wonder <laughs> okay <laughs> we're moving on uh because now we are going to our main event where we will talk once again about the loss voice-wise, of Charles Martinet and the importance of voice acting in general in a new session of the NAP Secret Society. Alright, I call this uh, session of the Society to order. So, I think some people are going to how do I say this gently? M diminish the importance of this statement by Martinet and Nintendo because they'll say, but he's not really the voice of Mario. You know, like, oh, he says, you know, let's go, and I did it, and oh, you know, all that stuff. He's he's not like, uh, I don't know, give me a character here, like a Laura Croft, a Mechanic <laughs> Shepherd. Where he's they got like oodles and oodles of dialogue in all these games. That was never Martinez's role, nor did it need to be. But he is our Mario. Sorry, Faith. He is our Mario. <laughs> Chris Pratt can suck it. And if you really want to get mad, Faith, I almost called this podcast episode that. Suck it, Chris Pratt. You're welcome that I didn't. All right. But uh, and there was also a very nasty rumor going around that Chris Pratt was going to be the voice of Mario in the games. Thankfully, that is not the case. Thank God. Um, thank Nintendo Gods. But oh, I was going to make a joke here, but I won't. Uh, I, mean, I was going to make like an Awada thing, but never mind. Uh, but this is, this is an important thing. Because as Will said, he's been the voice of Mario for basically 30 years. And he's gone to be the Mario ambassador, whatever that should entail. And no matter who comes next, he's, they're going to be compared to Martin A. Both in Wonder, potentially RPG, and whatever else comes next. So, 
we need to honor this man because he has been the voice of Mario for so dang long. Yeah, it's just like I hate to be sound like a broken record, but it's just like you don't, you cannot help but have to have respect for Charles Monte after all these years. Like everybody in the industry, like I've seen on Twitter, just like all all these voice actors who more or less indeed like us listen to Charles Martin's Mario for so long. Steve Bloom, like veteran voice actor, but even he like pays like res nothing but respect to Charles Martin just because he is the Mario of the 1990s. Again, when Mario was more or less created during that time period. And of course, like other, like new, even the newer actors like Alex Lee, I mean, Chris Hackney of Dimitri fame, like even, like, yes, even says himself, like, yeah, I Mario is, he has nothing Charles Martin is just Mario. You you cannot imagine anybody else to handle that role because again, it, it, and of course, like you always, you love her, Todd. Uh, Tara Strong, like oh, yeah. she, like she, she is big time fan and 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 family to Charles Martin and just wants nothing but happiness for Charles Martin. Like oh, specifically as a spot next to to him in conventions, just because she she loves him so much. When like, Chris Pratt it, got announced as Mario, she was one of the first voice actors to protest because she's like, that's not Mario. This is Mario. <laughs> and yeah, like everyone, everyone, like, yeah, I still remember like back when the Mario movie was first announced, like, yeah, like we could have had a Mario with Charles Martinet in this movie. And we did, but it's just not Mar Charles Martinet's Mario. Yeah. I mean, what we could have been, but again, we thought we said that many, many times over. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Some people after the announcement said, "Oh my gosh, his last voice, his last lines as the Mar as a Mario was as the the parents." Or as the, yeah, as, parents. As, uh, and I'm like, and they're like, "That's so cool." I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> That's horrible. He, he shouldn't have been the 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 older the father Mario. He should have been Mario. Gosh dang it." Yeah, like we, what we could have had, like, okay, fine, give cameo again as Giuseppe as the original OG form of Mario, as well as Mario's father. Like, but these are my boys, and apparently that is indeed the last official Nintendo product of him. Uh, voicing as Mario's uh, family or whatever may forming may be, but yeah, just, uh, as I said, like we could have had a Mario in this Mario wave and as Charles Marte at full, like really having full chops again. The fact that he had much more of an appropriate role in uh, Dragon Ball Super as Magenta and like he was dying at the full up and all that, but again, we talked that already. But just going back to topic, just to now know that like Charles Martinet, uh, who more or less is part of our life for so long now stepping down from this role, like it really is no one else you can, that really can really take the role. And I, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, like whoever is, is going to be filling up this role, he's going to be filling up a role of an icon. Like, like sure, you can talk about like Sonic, uh, Tomb Raider, or Master Chief. I mean, sure, you recognize those voices many times over, and like, sure, they're they're iconic in their own right in, in some sense. But Mario is Mario, Nintendo's flagship icon mascot of the world. Like, as like, um, uh. Shoot, what was his name in, in Metal Solid? Uh, Colonel. He said he's he, he is a worldwide phenomenon, and just now to know that Charles Martinet, who that 
and just history, a quick history lesson. Like the fact that this voice, he, this was came, actually came from an accident when Charles Martinet crashed the audition to voice Mario, <laughs> and like the fact that they decided to choose him uh, from uh, like a very impromptu audition, and like that's how he got the role back in 1991. Is just, yeah, it's just so much to just you can't help but you have to put respect to the name of charles Martinet. so here's hoping that whoever takes over that role like yeah that here i just hope that they have that sincere respect for the og and I, no doubt i have a feeling that the new actor will respect to him here's hoping that he just gives nothing but respect for for charles Martinet and what he has laid the foundation for nintendo if not the gaming industry yeah, um, I, I that was well that was well said. Will Scott, anything to add? Yeah, I'm really. I mean, it is kind of sad to see such an iconic voice actor, I guess, move on from a role that he basically, I mean, created at this point. <laughs> the father of Mario. He is the father of Mario in a sense. Yes. Yeah, not just in the movie, you know. <laughs> And it does kind of pain me in a way, though, that the last thing he did with Nintendo is the father of Mario rather than as a Mario. I do would have probably preferred that anyway. But I also hope that the way that they are moving on with this new voice actor is a similar route of, say, like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, where they still let him be in like an advisory role to help shift the new voice actor into able to, I guess, perform in a similar regard as the old voice actor. But it's like a legacy voice acting kind of character. Right, like when Casey Kasem passed away, like, yeah, I, I didn't realize that Casey Kasem passed and like he was voicing Shaggy for so long and now with the new actor, I at least remember. he pays respect, respect to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was fantastic when you look at like how they did the transition for Matthew Lillard to be Shaggy because it required basically Matthew Lillard would say, said that he didn't want to be Shaggy until Cassie gave him the okay because he did not want to step on anybody's toes and he also had huge respect for the character. And so when you see like how everything is documented and it was eventually uh, Casey had to actually tell him that it was okay and he actually helped train his voice for doing animated stuff because he just did his normal voice as the live action Shaggy, which <laughs> honestly is fine because he's a, he was he did he did the voice pretty well in that. But you can tell how much he was able to perfect it with the help of Casey Kasim. So Got it's you. just one of those things, huh? Got Casey Kasim. Kasim, sorry, not, not, <laughs> not, not Cassie Kasim or anything else. It's Casey Kasim. Okay. That is Kasim. No, eh, whatever. I mean, he, he was says, says his name in, in when he was hosting in one hundred six point seven the morning show. Like he yeah. is says, "I'm Casey Kasim." Like even okay. reference that in one of the movies, the cartoon movies. I, I apologize. You should. I... It's always like the same thing as like uh, I don't know. Tyler I always Mario. I think it, my problem is I always <laughs> hear from like YouTube essayists and they always say it like that. So I think. Well. You... That's my problem. Yeah, well, as you all know, nothing's wrong with YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is totally 100% actual, factual. Legit. Clearly. Legit, I tell you. <laughs> so, but I, I think if anything else, this gives us an appreciation. And Will, uh, Scott have actually done some really great examples of we need to appreciate the voice actors while they're here. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and for those in the, the wrestling industry right now, they're suffering because they've lost two incredible 
wrestlers in back-to-back days, and that makes you appreciate who also is here. But for voice actors, we sometimes really don't think about them until they're gone. Mm. Uh, like what, when we lost uh, Ferdinand von Eyre. Um, you know, oh, yeah, Buddy Kamertz, and of course, naturally, with uh, Lance Reddick. Yeah, who yeah. did, uh, yeah, Lance, from... Uh... Oh, Lance. And, you know, sometimes, like, he died, Lance Reddick, and then in John Wick 4, he dies. I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, hold on. Ironic. That was so ironic. I'm like, I didn't see that comment again, but I was just like, oh, okay then. And that, that must have hurt for so many of them after you know, he really passed, because it's like, that's not no i don't need to see that but um, um but john Wick 4 is still the best movie 2023 <laughs> sorry barbie <laughs> it's barbie's right under it right there just saying what about spider verse Ooh, that's close third close third Ooh, you call it third i'm kidding i don't have i don't have a ranking outside of john wick one uh, number one and i haven't seen barbie but i know i've heard amazing things about it uh whether i like it or not i don't know i i still have to see it but yeah spider verse is definitely like two or three depending on my depending on how the rest of the year shapes out <laughs> depending on how the rest of the, there's still movies even though they've been doing delays support your actors and writers ladies and gentlemen but this yes. is also a reason you need to support them is because they the voices matter when we like experience these characters like when i was talking about final fantasy 7 remake i like the voice of cloud like the voice of Sephiroth, Tyler Hulshin, who Okay, pause really, really quick. Isn't it ironic, gentlemen, that the two main voices of Sephiroth are both Superman actors? Mm. <laughs> George Newburn, Tyler Hulshin. All right, and I've met I've met OG Sephiroth at a Metropolis last year, and I missed the chance to meet new Sephiroth this year. Sadly, he was in a different section of the building, but uh, apparently an incredibly nice guy. But yeah, when they were like, "Hey, who did we get to voice like one of the most evil and, and powerful?" villain characters in video games they go where's that new superman <laughs> where's superman <laughs> i'm just saying anyway but like their their voices was great and then i i listened to Aerith, and i'm also just something just feels off about it with me i don't know why but uh but tifa was sounded great barrett was over the top you know red was perfect you know and, 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 and uh, yuffie I, 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 yuffie's fine i guess um i just didn't remember her being this that's a nice word for it. Chipper. <laughs> I've got us both the happy turtle. <laughs> yeah, I, happy turtle. Uh, that was a catchy tune, by the way. Um, but like, you you learn to appreciate the the voice actors. Uh, with like Mass Effect, you we all know the voice of male and female. Mark Mir and Jennifer Hale. Yeah. Jennifer Hale, exactly. And it's like, why do the other voices when you could do when you could have those voices, or <laughs> or Laura Bailey? Who's done so many voices? Yeah. Laura Bailey, Ashley Johnson, Troy Baker, all these veterans. I mean, heck, Steve Bloom, and of Steve course, naturally, like other people, other yeah. people in the industry, Robbie Damon. Uh -huh. I mean, there's so many, so many actors out there. I mean, Wendy Lee. That's just like all these <laughs> actors that we grew up in the '90s. I mean, of course, you like you even said that the voice actress for uh, Rouge uh, in uh, X Men is the one who did Aisha Clan Clan back in Outlaw Star. Like, uh. Uh, that, I almost fainted when she told me that. Uh, that's a true story. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, you, you were Asia, and she goes, yeah. And I was like, she was, she's like my crush. And she, she was so my that. <laughs> she still is, by the way. Uh, Asia, Asia Clan Clan, Guitar Guitar Empire. Um, you know, 
Strongest woman in the galaxy. <laughs> Says a lot about me, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, know. like, all, like, in, of course, naturally, like, in back the, the, vo the voices that we grew up in the day, I mean, heck, in, like, I'll give, like, one we can appreciate. Rob Paulson of Animaniacs of Yeah. Yes! And, of course, and also Rob, uh, as, as, um, uh, was, was it, yeah, I think it was OG, is it OG Leo from T T the OG? No, Donatello. Don, Don, okay, Don, Don, Yeah, like, no, I'm sorry, all, sorry, stop, 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 stop. In the OG, he was Raphael. In oh, yeah, 2013, Raphael. he was Donatello. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, like, Rob Paulson, he's, like, again, he, you you recognize him immediately as, like, these characters. So, again, they bring life. And, of course, like, Sam Rigo as Donatello back in the 2003 Turtles is just, like, I love Sam Rigo. <laughs> so, yeah, like, <laughs> point is, going back to Charles Martinet is, like, when you hear these voice act voice actors make the role theirs and like you immediately recognize like that tone that pitch that like how they personify the characters themselves be it like full-on speeches or just simple sound effects like with mario like you have to give unconditional respect just how they can just bring these characters to life and like heck even like um even i think kotaku even the actor um I the the um, the, the voice actor for Clive in Final Fantasy Sixteen also did his his own oh. spoof audition recently of yeah, his ben take on Star Mario. So I great. saw that. I saw that. It was hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like props to uh, Clive's Clive's actor. Like again, he he is an all good fun. He gives props to again with Charles Martinet. It's a Mario. Like yes, it's me, Mario. Like <laughs> like. like uh, we like uh, and just as well like I still remember even day when um Assassin's Creed two give uh, reference to Mario like uh you can have my thanks keep so Ezio do I know you from somewhere don't you recognize me it's a me Mario <laughs> Uncle Mario in Assassin's Creed two it's like yeah I forgot about that <laughs> again Mario is the icon that has affected the game entire game industry and yeah. You you have I'm sorry broken record here but again pay you have to give unrespect unconditional respect to the OG actors who have more again set the foundation for for this role for so long and just paving the way for new actors to come into and again like I don't know with Persona Three remake I love Yuri Lonto and, and as the OG in Persona Three as well as like Tara Platt and other the VAs out there who did the OG of Persona Three and now we have a new cast who like doing their own way but also so much great performance is like yeah give their blessings to the og as well as doing what they're on in the future so again with this new actor once we figure out who what's his name is like sure the, many eyes will be upon him but it's yeah i always say is like yeah give respect to charles martinet and if you respect that then the respect will come to you eventually once we hear like We'll, we'll gradually accept it, but yes, we will accept you as the, indeed like the successor to the voice of Mario. Yeah, and that's that's something actually very important before we uh, hit the uh, we get close to the end. No matter who the new voice actor is, and no matter how long they are in the role, do not send any hate their way, please. Okay, this is not a situation where. At least to our knowledge, that Charles Martinet was like forcibly replaced. Nintendo clearly did not do that, as far as we can tell. Um, Martinet definitely would have said something if that was the case. Mm -hmm. yeah. But this is, like I said, he's getting up there. Maybe he just wanted to step back from the role. Maybe he liked this idea of just being the ambassador to Mario. Whatever the case may be, 
do not harass the new person whenever they reveal themselves. It's this is not on them. Okay. And don't review bomb the game over this. Yes. <laughs> Unless you Overwatch Two. There you go. No, that, you can you can bomb Overwatch Two that, all you that want. Game I don't care. That, that, that game, game deserves it. <laughs> oh look! Hey, we need to go review bomb the game. Don't worry, love. Cavalry's here. There you go. That's right. I just used it against you, Blizzard. You're welcome. But uh, but yeah. After after the year we've had with losing certain people and not the least of which is the late great kevin conroy and now martin a is stepping back we lost lance reddick and more we need to appreciate these voice actors for what they do and to bringing life into these games be beyond just hey i'm the voice of mario it's no i'm the voice of mario and you know it and uh so mr martin a thank you very much i hope to see you on the con circuit someday or maybe we'll, we'll see you at the Nintendo NY store. I, I hope, here's hoping he comes back up because he, he did appear in Nintendo World once before many years prior. So I'm so, so I'm kicking myself <laughs> I didn't went there. But yeah, here's hoping that he comes to stop by again. Maybe, like, maybe Scott can see him at PAX. You never know. <laughs> I'd be surprised. Uh, we, we, sure. don't, we don't know where this there's, ambassador There is role a Nintendo will take Live him. over there. <laughs> I'm saying, like, there, there's this ambassador role is new territory. I, I'm pretty sure this is a first for Nintendo in general. So. And here's hoping maybe it does open Charles Marte to actually go to more conventions. Here's hoping, yeah. You never know. You never know. So. Let's just be grateful for the many years that we got with him. Thank you for his, thank you for his service, and uh, thank you, Mr. Martinet. Thanks for everything. Enjoy your next phase of your career and life and ambassador position. I, I seriously want to know what this actually means. <laughs> I'm like, new Mario ambassador. Okay, Mario. Shigeru Miyamoto, you better explain it properly in your in that video. You got some explaining to do. <laughs> Lucy. Okay. Uh, yeah, that one. I don't mind if you don't get that reference. <laughs> okay. I love Lucy. That does show my age. I I, I know. All right. And with that uh, old school reference, I, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. What are your fondest memories of of Charles Martinet and his voicing of Mario? What do you think is his best Mario performance, or just the best Mario game with him in it? Uh, are you excited for uh? I remember what our news was. Oh, uh, what do you think of Poltergeist? And do you agree that someone serious, something seriously screwed up is going on with the Pokemon Company? Um, are you happy that Pikmin 4 is continuing to do well? Do you think it's bullcrap that Sonic Superstars is coming out three days before Wonder? Yes, it is. You know it is. Uh, let us know in the comments below. So, for Spoka Scott and Warrior Will, I am Triforce Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not allies. We've made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag. <laughs> Thank you.